learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 14, entitled Taking a Collaborative Approach with Constance Willard. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winners United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Please don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give Winners United a rating and review. All you need to do is go to the show page, scroll to the bottom, click the five stars, then write a review. It shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time, and I would greatly appreciate it. And as a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take time to write us a review. During this episode, you will hear about adjusting your leadership style based on the people you are leading, the importance of factoring in all things to make decisions, the necessity of embracing your success, not taking no for an answer, and much more. But before we get into the episode, let me tell you more about Constance Willard. Constance Willard is a best-selling author, motivational speaker, nursing educator, and serial entrepreneur. She's the founder of AWG Consulting, which provides nursing consultation services to various healthcare agencies and long-term care facilities. Constance believes in meeting people where they are and empowering them to excel via collaboration. She's a lifelong learner who is not afraid to evolve and update her approach to match the changing times. So without further ado, here is taking a collaborative approach with Constance Willard. So Constance, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today and we're excited to learn more about you and your journey. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. You're welcome. All right. So let's get started by you telling us about your professional background and what you currently do professionally. Sure. I am a registered nurse. I have been a registered nurse for 30 years now, been in leadership for the past 25 years. And during that 25 years, my leadership style has transformed. It's transformed from one of just strictly authoritarian, now to one of a more visionary and motivating and mentoring type, um, because I feel that's needed. You, know, you have to look at the different age groups. At one time, I did not believe in that, but oh, yes, it's real. You know, the millennials are different from the baby boomers. So you have to learn to meet people where they are. So right now, currently, I am the Divisional Director of Nursing for an organization that provides behavioral health services in correctional environments and state hospitals. Mm -hmm. And I oversee 12 states. That's where my sites are located. 
And so I'm very busy, but one of my missions is to mentor. And that's what I do. Okay. All right. And do you have, you started your own company? I have not started a mentoring company. I have a consulting company where I do long-term care consulting because that's how I got my start in nursing and long-term care. Long-term care is my first love and will always be that love. So I do long-term care consulting. I also have a baking business where I bake and I also cater. Okay. Yes. Busy is an understatement, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love so it. things to do in such a little time. So, hey. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to go into more. You talked on a topic that's near and dear to my heart as far as leadership and the importance of updating it if it's not working. Right. But before we go into that, tell us about how you ended up in your current profession. Sure. I was working for a contractor with the Alabama Department of Corrections and I traveled all over the state. I was their regional director of nursing for all the prisons in Alabama. Loved my job, enjoyed it, got to go home every night. I got a phone call from some man, so he saw my profile on LinkedIn, and we need to have a conversation. So as he and I were talking, of course, I'm on LinkedIn looking him up to make sure that he's a legitimate person, and we had a conversation, and here I am today. I've been with this organization now 18 months, love what I do. I've grown so much in that 18 months professionally. And personally, um, and I've just met so many wonderful people. So that's how I ended up where I am now. Nice. And what led you to starting your own consultant firm for long-term care? Sure. My father was an attorney and I worked with him and he did cases like for nursing home neglect, elderly abuse and things like that. And that's how I got involved with it. I would look at, you know, he would have me to look at different records and look at different things to see, you know, is it a viable case? And so as a result, I started my own consulting firm to help long-term care facilities prepare for surveys and to help them to stay out of the courtroom and to provide the best care for that population. So at the end of the day, that's the goal, making sure that they're taken care of. So that's how I got involved in consulting. Okay, thanks for that. So let's just go back to that leadership because you you dropped the gym on us early. You dropped the <laughs> gym on us early, right? And I don't want to forget because it's very important, right? So you talked about how you were more of an authoritative leader, right? And you moved transition to being visionary, right? What happened or what occurred that made you realize that the way you were leading wasn't the proper way to get to the people? Well, one thing is that I realized and recognized something that I knew all the time in the back of my mind, but just never fully embraced that we're all diverse and we're diverse for a reason. And we all have different talents. But if you can blend those talents, you can have a wonderful finished product. So it's more of a collaborative approach on how to do things. How I may see something may be good, but someone else may have some ideas and we can blend those ideas and discuss and talk about things. And so for me, when I decided to go through the transformation as far as my leadership style, you know, I started dealing with younger nurses and what worked 20 years ago was not working for them because they've got a whole different mindset. So I had to figure out how do I reach them and lead them to be the best that they can be and at the end of the day, get the job done. And so that's when my more or less my leadership style started evolving. 
and undergoing some transition, which I have found to be the best right now, is more of a collaborative approach, mentoring people, asking them their ideas. Well, you know, instead of giving them the answer, well, what do you think? You know, mm-hmm. building some critical skill thinking with them and also some leadership development. Yes. Yes, and empowerment, right? Exactly. Like empower the exactly. people are smart. Exactly. And I love that sign you have behind you because it's all about empowering people to be the best that they can be. Yes. That's yes, what it's all about yes. at the end of the day. Yes. So my way or the highway isn't the best way. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, Thanks it's for not. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. Did you always want to be a nurse? No, I did not. I wanted to be a multitude of things. I wanted to be a writer. And my dad asked me, so how are you going to pay your bills doing that? So we changed from that. So I initially started out as a chemistry major. Got a job. My first job was in a small chemical company at night making chemicals in Washington, D.C. And um, I did that. And I worked at a credit union part time and moved back home to the Gulf Coast need a job, couldn't find one because I didn't have that graduate degree in chemistry. So I had a hard time finding a job. And at that time, that's when they were starting public kindergartens in Mississippi. So I got involved in education for a while. And then I transitioned over into nursing. And I have not looked back. I love it. I have not regretted one moment becoming a nurse because there's just so much you can do in the field of nursing. It's wide open. And there's so many opportunities and it's steady evolving. And so I'm happy. I'm proud to be a nurse. I look forward to mentoring other nurses because someone has to take over when I decide to go home for good. Mm. Okay. And I see how that education is spilling over into what you're doing as well. Yes. Yes. Good, good. All right. So tell us about your upbringing as a child. Okay. My upbringing, I'm an only child. Lives a very sheltered life, but at the same time, my parents raised me to be independent because they wanted me to be prepared for the day that they left me because I, I have no siblings. And so they involved me in many things. Whenever there was a program at church or something going on involving a speech, there was no question. I knew not to ask. I knew to stay after church and pick up my partner play or to pick up my speech because that was the expectation. But I'm glad they raised me to do that because that enhanced my public speaking skills. You know, I can stand up before a crowd and I'm not afraid. I'm an impromptu speaker. I can just do it naturally. And all that training started way back when. I'd say my first speech was probably age of two, Easter program, and it's taken on from there. So they raised me to do that. They raised me to be civic-minded and be involved in things in my community and to care about your community. They also instilled in me, once you become successful, you don't leave your community behind. You stay there to help to build that community. And that's what my parents did. They never left the community where they first settled. They stayed there to help build that community. So that's one thing that they taught me, well, among several things, but I would say some of the major things that they instilled in me, just to have values and to care about others. Okay. I love that. Strong, strong foundation, right? Yes. Oh my goodness. So you made me realize, like I grew up in a church. I grew up doing the Easter speeches, right? The Christmas program. Oh yes. But I never realized how that, I didn't even think about that as far as what I'm currently doing and how Mm -hmm. it was like paving the way. 
And you know, it's amazing you say that because many things that we've done in our past, when they're taking place, we don't realize that, hey, this is a stepping stone for me. This is shaping me and this is developing me. And many times I look back over things, I'm like, wow, even back then, I was preparing for it today and I did not know. Yes. And so yes. that's just how life is patterned and set up. You know, the trials we go through, the tribulations, the heartbreaks, the experiences, they all shape us for a better tomorrow and for where we are today in our station in life. Yes. Thanks for that. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. A pivotal point for me was becoming a parent and becoming a single parent, something I never thought I would be. I never thought if someone would have told me when I was in my 20s, that, oh, you're going to be a single parent. Oh, no, not me. That's not what I was raised to be. However, life happens and I ended up being a single parent. So once I embrace that and I'm like, hey, this is getting ready to happen. And you're out here on this limb by yourself. So you're going to have to act accordingly. So I changed my lifestyle in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I became more involved in the church because I was responsible for the spiritual upbringing of someone else. Mm-hmm. So I had to make sure that I was always an example for him. I had to teach him about how to grocery shop, how to care for your home, how to care for yourself. But I can tell you one pivotal moment for me as a parent. My son, I was a single parent, so he had to go wherever I went. So I love to shop. To this day, that kid hates shopping because he was always tagging along with me to the stores. We were in a store one day, and I was shopping for bras. And he says, so explain this to me. So what are you doing? So I explained the process to him, you know, how you, he said, well, how do you know what size to get? How do you know how they fit? And I explained it to him. I said, they have people in the store that will measure you and based upon your measurements will tell you what size to get. I mean, he actually paid attention. He was probably like nine years old. And he says, well, thank you for that mentoring moment. And I told him, sure, because you know, who knows what happens in life. You may be married one day, have daughters, your wife gets sick your wife passed away, and you've got to help them shop. So you need to know this. So for me, that was a pivotal, one pivotal moment because he actually paid attention and listened and was concerned and asked all the appropriate questions about something that had nothing to do with him, but maybe for his future. Mm. Wow. I love that mentoring moment, right? Like, Because I feel like sometimes... Kids can be annoying. Like, let's just be real, right? Mm-hmm. And, and questions can get overwhelming, right? But taking the time to explain, right? It is, like you said, it's very pivotal yeah. because we don't know what seeds, like what the seeds that you're planting, like helping your child to be empowered with knowledge. Like they're like little computers, right? And the more you put into them, the better they're going to operate, right? Mm-hmm. So learning how to look at those questions as, like you said, a mentoring moment as opposed to a annoyance or nuisance, right? Because right. it, it can get rough. Yeah. You know, and some of my friends, when I was telling them about it, they felt that it was wrong of me to teach him about that. And I'm like, why? You know, I may get old and infirm and he has to shop for me. We don't know what life is going to bring upon us. So I felt it's something that he needed to know. And he was appreciative of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Empowerment. Empowerment. That's exactly what it is, right? In more ways than one. More ways. I love it. 
All right. So tell us what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally. Well, personally, to improve myself, you know, I learn something every day and I learn from people that I'm guiding and teaching. You know, I listen to them and I learn things from them. I read a lot. I've been writing more now. used to write a lot and I stopped for a long time, but I've gotten back into it. And I'm also working on a doctoral degree. So, you know, I do all type of things, you know, I go to now because the COVID, you don't have all the workshops that we can go to now, but a lot of things are virtual. So I attend those. But anything that I feel is going to help me to grow and allow me to provide that further guidance for someone else, I get involved. Your podcast, for instance, you know, I saw it and I'm like, huh, I need to get involved with that. You know, I need to get involved with that because I feel that everybody has a story of some kind that needs to be told. And maybe my story may not affect you, but it may affect one of your listeners. It may guide them. It may inspire them. So being involved in this podcast tonight, I do those type of things to help to develop myself so that I can help develop others. Mm. I love that. Yes, I do agree with the traditional ways of developing yourself. And we share that in common as far as like always looking for ways to learn. Yes. But I love how you reference even being on the podcast as a way of professional development, right? Because some people may not think of that. Like they might think of it as a media opportunity or something to that effect. So that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and especially, you know, people have different goals and different agendas. But, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to speak on a platform of any kind, that develops you because it helps you to hone more on your speaking skills, your presentation, your delivery. So, sure, why not be involved in something like this? Yes, yes, that's a great point. I was just sharing how I just started doing lives, Mm -hmm. right? And of course, it's to help the people, but I was telling my aunt, I said, as the more I'm doing lives, the more I'm getting comfortable with, you know, being on camera and being in front of people. So, oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk more about a day-to-day thing, right? What do you do or how does your morning routine go? My eyes open like clockwork every morning at either 3 30, 3 31, 3 32, or 3 33. I kid you not, those four times, I don't care if it's a holiday or weekend, my eyes open automatically. So it was happening so much, I'm like, okay, God, I guess this is our time to talk. So that's what I do. That's what I do my scriptures. That's when I pray. That's when I meditate. And that's when I actually sit outside and have a conversation with him. I mean, I actually talk to him like we're talking now. And so that's how my day starts. Got to have that morning coffee. If I only get one cup in, got to have that morning coffee. That gets me going. And then I think about, I look at my calendar and I think about my day and what things I have ahead of me. And how am I going to handle those things? How am I going to manage those things? And, you know, how what I do that day is going to affect someone else. Because believe it or not, every day what we do affects someone else beside ourselves. So I think Mm -hmm. of those things and I move forward. I love it. So I have two questions, right? I like the, well, one is a statement. So I like the, you talked about what, but you, a how, Right. Most people talk about what they have to do. 
Mm-hmm. Like you just talked about the how, like, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect others? I think that's very profound and something that not a lot of people may consider or, you know, take into account. Sure. And just yeah. trust me, and I can tell you right now, I'm going to confess, I have not always thought that way because when you are an only child, it's about you and you just don't think about it. But that comes with seasoning. <laughs> It does. It, it comes with seething at the stop and say, okay, now if I do this, what effect will this have on me? What effect will it have on this person? What effect will it have on the organization? You have to factor all those things in. So yeah, it, that comes with seizing and life experiences. Yeah, I love it. A gym, guys, that's a gym. <laughs> all right. So now you talked about 330, 331, 332, 333. Yes. I want to know what time you go to bed. I mean, I need to know. <laughs> you know what? It depends. Some nights I'm so tired, like yesterday. I was just so tired. I thought I was going to watch television. No, I was out before eight o'clock. Okay. I woke up at 11. So I woke up at 11. I watched a little television and I was right back out. But right at 331. I was up again. Sometimes I stay up, I'm wide awake, I'm up to one or two o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. If I lie down at one, I'm still going to wake up at 3.30. Wow. At one of those times, it does not matter. So it just depends on what's going on in my life at that time or how tired I am, you know, what time I go to sleep. Okay. So you're conditioned. That's just conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened to. The last book that I read was the Bible this morning. <laughs> you know, it's a daily thing. So I do that daily. I do a lot of devotionals. But as far as a book for relaxation or entertainment, it was Michelle Obama's book. That was really a good read. I read it all in one day. Wow. Very inspiring, very motivating. And the one thing I like about the approach that was taken with that book is that anybody can be successful. Anybody can achieve. Your success may be different from my success, but we all have that built in us. We're all hardwired from creation to be successful. We just have to embrace it. And so that's one of the things that I took away from that book. So that's probably the last book that I've read for pleasure. But like I said, my Bible and I must say my Bible is for pleasure sometimes, too, because sometimes the more I read certain passages, I get a different spin or a different understanding. And so it can be a pleasure to read this one, but it's more or less a devotional for me and my time with God. Yes. Thanks for that. I love that. That is a key point, right? Because I even I think I referenced one time with the podcast where It's like you may listen to it one time and you hear one thing Mm -hmm. and then listen to it again and you hear something else. Right. So not being afraid to read something more than once. Right. Because you never know, like you said, what you're going to get that second time around may be totally different. That's how people watch movies, you know, and they realize stuff that they missed on the movie the second time around. Right. Exactly. That's a good point. And I love the anyone can be successful. Right. Like recently. I said, uh, success, like who defines success though? Like what's the definition, right? Can't we all define our own success as well? I think we can. 
you know, and it depends on what you view as success. You know, some people, when they say success, they think about money and they think about wealth and different things. But success can just be maintaining a healthy lifestyle and living healthy, you know, raising your children to be successful, reaching certain benchmarks in your life. It's whatever life's goals and missions you have established for yourself, obtaining those. That's success. Yes. Yes. And you said a key thing you established for yourself. Exactly. I think a lot of people are like depressed and upset because, you know, whatever benchmark TV or, you know, a magazine or somebody else created Mm -hmm. that they're not living up to, then they're depressed and they feel like they haven't made it, you know, but what does made it mean to you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So tell us about your toughest struggle and how you've overcome. My toughest struggle. My toughest struggle. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I can tell you a past struggle. My toughest struggle for me was watching a parent that was such a strong presence in your life and that domineering figure where the roles of the relationship change, where now you become that strong presence for them and that dominance figure for them. And you are directing them and caring for them when you're so used to using them doing the opposite for you. That was a struggle for me because I was not used to that. You know, the the whole, when you're dealing with an aging parent and a parent that's sickly, that whole dynamic changes. It really does, it changes. But the beauty of it is at the same time that dynamic changes, when you can look at that situation and realize that, hey, the dynamic has changed, but the relationship has not changed. And when you're able to recognize that, it's a wonderful thing. It really is. So that was a struggle for me for a long time when my father became ill until one day I looked at him and I said, you know what? This man is still my dad. Still my dad. Regardless of the fact that he can't move unless he's moved and I have to make all his decisions for him now, the dynamic has changed, but that relationship will never change. So that's probably my biggest struggle. Okay. Yes, yes. Thanks for sharing that, right? And I love that. That's definitely something tough to experience, oh, right? Yeah. But I love how you decided to share the beauty. Yeah. Right? To me, that speaks a lot to your character. And then it is an example that should be followed, right? Like there's always beauty in everything, the good, the bad, and the in-between, right? But it's up to you on whether or not you want to identify it and hold on to that as opposed to holding on to, you know, whatever is sad about the situation or unfortunate about it. Exactly. Thanks for that. Hey, it's Nicole. Let's collaborate to get you started in the world of podcasting. Yes, you can do it alone. But it takes much longer and it can be much harder than it has to be. Send me an email at winhersunited at gmail.com. That's W I N H E R S U N I T E D at gmail.com. So we can chat about your future in podcasting. It would be my honor to help you get started. Always remember your voice matters and the world needs you.
right. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how how you've changed as a result. Aha moment. Well, I can tell you now my current assignment. I'm in Massachusetts right now. And that's one of my sites. And so I came here initially to be here for three months. And aha moment was when leadership started falling by the wayside, for whatever reason. And with the COVID crisis going on, it's very difficult to recruit quality candidates at this time. And so the aha moment for me was, okay, you need to stay. You know, you got nursing, you're getting them on the right path where they need to go, direction they need to go. If you walk away now, what happens? Mm. So I had a conversation with my vice president of the division and he agreed. He says, so I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Can you stay through the end of 2021? And I just started laughing, but I thought about it. I need to. I need to. That was my aha moment. You know what? You need to. You need to be there and stay the course with them to get them where they need to be. So at that moment when he asked me, that was my aha. You know what? You need to be here. So here I am in Massachusetts. We'll be here through December 2021. Wow. When I initially came to stay through June 1st. <laughs> so here I am. Wow. Here I am. Talk about selfless though. Like as I'm listening. I heard selfless, right? Like not about me, not about what I want, but wanting the best for the people that I'm leading, right? And wanting the best for the organization, wanting the best even for patients. Yes. Yes. You know, because we deal with a tough population. It's a forensic psychiatric population that we deal with. And, you know, we get... Patients that may have killed their whole family that morning, and they're so incompetent, they bypass court and they eat lunch with us. Wow. Very tough population to deal with. Takes a very special skill set, a very special type of person, not only the skill set, but the heart to deal with that and to cope with that and to interact with these individuals and still see them as individuals and treat them respectfully as individuals, knowing their history but putting that aside and still treating them as someone's son, someone's brother, as we would treat anyone else. So yeah, there is some selflessness in that, but at the same time, there is some selfishness on my part because you know my son is grown and he's got his life and I don't have siblings. I live in Montgomery, Alabama. I have no family there. So why not? I can take up and leave, so why not? So here I am. It's selflessness, but for me, there is some selfishness too. Okay. Well, thanks for that transparency, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. will admit that, right? Yeah. So you're getting something as well as giving. Oh, yeah. You do. Yeah. So you talked a lot about your work, your businesses, right? Even like the patients and everything that you have to pour out. Right. So how do you make sure that you're full and you're able to show up right as the person that you want to show up, being that you have to give in so many different areas? Sure. Prior to the pandemic, my relaxation for me was on or my retreat for me was on Sunday 
after I left church and I had dinner, I would go to TJ Maxx every Sunday. That was my routine and that was my escape. I could get in there and all my worries and everything just left me. It was my time to focus on and look and just to relax and enjoy myself. Well, the pandemic came, TJ Maxx closed. And so, you know, I had to give a lot of things up because I didn't have a choice. But the one thing that I have been doing since I was three years old is fishing. I fish. There's a huge lake across from where I live. There's another area that I go to about 20 miles away. And that's what I do. That's how I relax. That's I can go out there peaceful. I don't care if I catch anything or not. But it's my time with nature to clear my head and to relax and just everything's calm and peaceful. And so that's what I do now. I fish. I love it. Yes. I've heard about fishing. Yeah, I haven't. I have to get out there, right? I heard oh, it's, yeah. it's it, so amazing. It, you know, it's a wonderful thing. It's just peaceful. The water for me is very peaceful and relaxing. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So I heard you basically say like a hobby, right? Like a hobby, whether that hobby is retail therapy, right? Because people always talk about retail therapy. And I know oftentimes I'll go shopping to boost my spirits as well. Right. So that can be seen as a hobby, but then fishing. So using a hobby for self-care and to center yourself and bring yourself back. Yes. And also, this is a good time for people to learn new hobbies. Mm. It really is. I've been crocheting for a long time, but I stopped. I don't know what happened when I went to nursing school. I quit. (laughs) I just quit. But I picked it back up again. And so I, I do crochet a lot. I just decided, you know, I think I'm going to get back into this. And so I've done that and I'm I'm really enjoying that. So I do that. But I think this is a good time for people to learn new hobbies. You can go on YouTube and pretty much learn how to do anything. So I think this is a good time for us to do that. You know, just kind of explore our interests a little bit more and learn some new things. Yes, I agree. I agree. YouTube University, definitely a great resource, right? All right. So you talked about leadership, right? And we went into leadership, but do you want to share a particular principle or a practice that governs your life in addition to what you already discussed? Sure. I am a strong proponent of the Maxwell Leadership Academy. I like his leadership theories. Um, I apply those daily. There are two books, Crucial Confrontations and crucial conversations. Mm. And I think that anyone in leadership, anyone in a relationship, just communicating, period. Those are two books I recommend everyone reads. I mean, because it teaches you so much about how to interact and how to interact effectively without being adversarial. Mm. How to make a point, get the point across in a politically correct way. Mm. I'll put it like that. So, you know, I use those two books a lot from those. I I read those books a lot. I read them several times. I use those. And I also use the um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Covey. Yes, yes, I love it. You made a point, right, where I think like when people hear the word leadership, they automatically think work. Right. But like you said, like leadership skills are transferable. Right. Like you talked about 
in business as well as in relationships, right? Like at home, with your children, in the workplace, like these are all transferable skills that go across the different locations, right? Exactly. You know, and pretty much how you lead in one environment, you'll lead in the same. Mm. So if you lead a pretty organized home and you know, you've got things organized and you're leading appropriately, you'll do the care of the same trace with you to lead in other environments, in other arenas. I, I'm just I'm a firm believer of that. Even in your church, you know, you'll lead the same way. You know, there's so, and everybody at some point in time leads in some form of fashion. At some point of time, everyone. Yes, thanks for that. All right, so... You talked about YouTube being a great resource, right? But do you have any other recommended resources that you want to tell us about and how you use them? Well, it depends on what I'm looking for or what I'm seeking to do at that moment. So I'll go to Google to get ideas on other websites I can go to look things up. So I use I start I use I'll start with Google. And then you'll have a whole list of websites and I'll go to those different websites and see what's there. I do that. YouTube, of course, you know, something I'm trying to figure out I'm interested in, I can look on there. It just depends on what it is setting for what to do. Um, The resources that I use. Um, Maybe I know someone. I may reach out to them and say, hey, can you tell me how you did this? Or how would you go about doing this? A lot of things are on the internet but I am a collector of recipe books. So I just, I go through those. My mom wrote down all of my favorite things before she died and made the cookbook for me. So every now and then I'll get on the sofa and I'll open it up and look at those and just kind of thumb through to see what's there. Different things. Okay, yes. So search, I heard search engines, right? As far as the online, whether it's Google or YouTube, And then people, right? Like, I feel like sometimes people are an underutilized resource, right? Yes, especially our elderly, especially our elderly. And I advise anyone that may have living grandparents or elder aunts, go ahead and tap into that knowledge. You will be amazed of the things that you will learn. I know me as a curious kid, I would ask my grandparents all kinds of things. And I think my grandfather, he was very quiet and didn't talk a whole lot. And when he knew I was coming to town, he'd find somewhere to go. (laughs) He knew (laughs) I was going to ask him a thousand and one questions. But that's okay. I learned a lot from that. And I appreciate those eight years I spent with him. Because he died when I was very young. I got a lot of information from him, a lot of things from him. I think it's very important that we tap into those human resources that we have available to us. Yes, yes. And you just brought up like, that's one of my regrets, right? Like my grandmother could cook, oh my goodness, so well. And I said I wanted to get recipes from her before she passed away, but I let her passing away come before I got those recipes, right? So that is a message, like a wisdom, words of wisdom, right? Yes. You know, while you have that opportunity, take advantage of it. Because once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And you can't get it back. Yeah. Great point. All right. So do you have any advice for a up and coming entrepreneur? To know 
what your platform is, what it is that you want to do. Um, sit down, get you a notebook, just write down what it is you want to do, what service you want to provide, who your market, your market area, you know, who do you want to serve? What population are you trying to serve? Look at the geographical area, you know, where are you want to position this business? And, you know, what target group that you're trying to reach? Do that and don't take no for an answer. You know, just ask questions, you know, try it. If one approach doesn't work, don't give up. Go back to the drawing board, write some things down again. Do your research, do your homework, ask questions, look for mentors. Look for mentors in the community. Look for them and just don't give up. Just do not give up. Yes. Thanks for that. All great, great advice and covering many different areas, right? That are extremely important. Yes. All right. So do you have a favorite quote that you like to share with us? Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. It's all about playing fair in the sandbox. You know, we just have to do that. You know, we just have to do that. And so if you don't want anyone to do you wrong, don't do anyone else wrong. If you want to be treated fairly, treat someone else fair. Treat everybody fairly. And but one thing is how someone treats you is not your business. It's not your business. If someone treats you bad, that's not your business. Your business is how you treat them in return. Mm, yes. So, yeah, that's my thing. I love that. Yeah, right. And I think a lot of times we do take how other people treat us personally, right? Or put too much Mm -hmm. weight on it, but it's more like it's a reflection of them, not necessarily a reflection. Because you can't control them, but you can control yourself. You can control yourself. So if they treat, you know, how they treat you is not your business. It really is not. Yes, I love it. I love it, right? And life is a sandbox, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks for that. I love it. All right. So before we let you go, ah, this is what I call the fun questions, right? Like I'm an avid believer of travel. Sounds like you do a lot of travel, right? Whether it's for business or for personal, right? So yes. Tell yes. us about your where you went for your last vacation. Where is your favorite vacation place to go and where you would like to go on your next vacation? Sure. Well, I had plans to go to Dubai this year, but COVID-19 has stopped, has stopped that. But my last vacation, I, I had been to the Bahamas before, but I went to one of the smaller chains. I went to Exuma. Wow. I had never heard of it. I mean, a, a friend of mine got married there. It was a Sandals Resort there and she had a destination wedding. And so we went there, beautiful, beautiful. So that, that's probably one of my favorite places that I've been. But yeah, I, I do love to travel. Um, since I've been here in Massachusetts, I've gone to Hyannis and to Cape Cod, planning a trip to Martha's Vineyard, because all these things are right close by. I had been to all 49 states except for Maine. Wow. So 4th, 4th of July weekend, I drove into Maine. So now I have... Crossed off my bucket list. I've been to all 50 United States. Good for you. I love it. I love it. Yes. You made a great point, right? Like take advantage of what's around you, right? That's what I heard you say as far as, you know, you're in Massachusetts. So you decided to go to some of these neighboring places, right? Yes. Yes. 
Now you said Azuma, is that, that's an island? Yes, it's one of the smaller um, Bahama chains. It's Exuma, it's, they have Big Exuma and Little Exuma. Wow. We were on Big Exuma and there's a Sandals Resort there. Can't think of the name of it right now, beautiful. It was just a wonderful week. Just peaceful, relaxing, just awesome, an awesome time. Okay, and tell us why you love travel. Well, for one, it allows me to see um, other cultures and just to see this wonderful world that God has created for us. So that's why I love travel. As a kid, I read a lot and I would read about places and I, I just said, oh, but one day I'm going here. One day I'm going there. And so a lot of those places I've read about, I've been to. So I like travel for that reason, just to experience other cultures, to see different things, for the sightseeing, the adventure, the change in food, whatever. Yes. I enjoy it for that reason. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing. I learned something new today, right? Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to check this place out. (laughs) All right. So Constance, before we let you go, tell us where we can find you, right? Tell us where we can find your business, uh, any events or offers that you may want to share as well. Okay, sure. So I'm on Facebook, Constance Willard. My catering business is called It's Me Catering. I have a page on Facebook for it. My consulting business, AWG Consulting. I have a Facebook page for it. And then Connie Cakes Unlimited. (laughs) I have a Facebook page for that. I am on Instagram at Anointed Educator. I'm also on LinkedIn. So that's how you can find me. All right. Well, Constance, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today sharing with us, getting deep and transparent and teaching us new things. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was very delightful being here and enjoyable. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to implement into your life. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes for this episode and check out Constance's full bio. Also, don't forget to follow us on Clubhouse at winhersunited so you can join us in a future room. As always, be empowered and empower on 